Welcome in to Potty Podcast Cinema. I am Dan. With me, as always, is Andy. And we are back trying to go full swing. Uh, hopefully, we'll have what you're watching now. Hopefully, coming attractions later and then uh, news and uh, trailers and all that later in the week. But uh, we got a ton of stuff for what you're watching. The biggest thing is that we got a new Marvel movie that came out. We, you and I both saw Friday. And we've already talked about it, of course, because we couldn't wait this long to talk. But Doctor Strange 2, <laughs> Multiverse of Madness came out. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, it returns with Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Elizabeth Olsen comes back as Wanda Maximoff. Um, the cast is still great. Chul for Benedict Wong. Uh, We're introduced to Zotchitl Gomez. I mean, I should probably be able to say that by now. Ameri- uh, who plays America Chavez and did a good job. I didn't. I never seen her anything before. I didn't know anything about her. I wasn't even sure about the character. I thought the character was gonna be kind of lame, but I, I I thought she did a good job. They made her powers look kind of cool because. <coughs> She mm-hmm. basically punches the air and stars open into other universes, but I thought they did a good job of it. Um, Rachel McAdams returns as Christine Palmer. Michael Stuhlbarg got his little, got a little uh, cameo. I'm glad they brought him back. Boy, what a, what a really good actor that's uh, they underused for a small part. Yeah, it's really weird that they <laughs> they had him in the movie at all, unless he's like some major plan for the third movie. Like, I don't understand the point of having him in this. Yeah, um, it just yeah, it seems seems overkill. Uh, what is it when when the whole when everything uh, what is it when everything looks like a nail? I'll use as a hammer. I don't yeah, know. Uh, <laughs> forget how that one goes. But uh, yeah, I agree. It was weird to have him in it. Uh, although you know. Always happy to see the dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. This was this was a good movie. Uh, they made. I agree with you. America Chavez. It's a character that I didn't need, um, but they did a really good job with her, and and it's obviously needed because they're clearly making a, a young Avengers group, uh, which we discussed ad nauseum uh, with all the characters that they've they've introduced now, all but one character, uh, for for whatever it's called the young, young avengers? avengers yeah 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 so uh so the only one they haven't introduced yet is hulkling who is a uh kree uh and i'm gonna go ahead and take a stab and say during secret invasion he'll get introduced or the marvels um and then they'll have their whole team uh so yeah so that's she was a good setup because you and i kind of thought well in the whole world assumed that multiverse of madness was going to set up something where all these new characters from other dimensions from other world, other, other universes would bleed into ours. Um, and what's interesting about the movie is it shut all that down. <laughs> I think that it's could like, still happen. I think it could still happen. Cause I, I think they just gave not, you a tease into that, into this one. Well, but not without destroying the whole universe uh, because they set up that if anyone travels other than from a dream, other than dreamwalking, if anyone travels in physically into another universe, it will cause what they call an incursion, which will cause both universes to collapse on each other and destroy each other. Yeah. So, so they have to, so that's what they show in one of the worlds at the end is it's an incursion had occurred. So it was falling apart and being destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and at the very area in the post credits, we see, uh, one of the most famous characters from from Doctor Strange, which is uh, his wife in, in many of the series called Clea. He actually pulls into this universe, walks right through and says, hey, you've created an incursion. Uh, you got to come now and, uh, and save this universe, and, unless you're afraid. And then they go off together. Um, so the incursion thing is 
is a real thing. <laughs> I mean, in the Marvel, you know, they set that up. And what, but what's interesting is they did set up that America Chavez can travel between universes without creating an incursion because she's the because only one. She's the only one. Yeah, exactly. So that that's pretty interesting. Uh, that we could see her potentially go into other universes, which I think will play a big part when Kang is introduced. Yeah. Because they'll need somebody to go warn each individual universe. And... But at some point, so... at some point, they have to pull in the X-Men. They have to pull in the Fantastic Four. They have to pull in all these characters that they didn't have. Basically, the Fox universe. They have to pull all those people in that they bought the rights to without and have to explain, well, why were you gone during New York and Ultra, uh, Ultron and Thanos and all this stuff? And so they have to explain that somehow. And so there's there's got to be something where um, I've got a theory. Mm-hmm. I've got a theory. All right. Where where because America Chavez will play a big part in it. Um, Kang, it, the big thing thing that's so scary about Kang is he's in every universe, right? He's he, he manipulates time. He's in multiple timelines, but also also multiple universes. So there's there's multiple Kangs. They even have something called the Council of Kings, where, where all these different kings from every different universe like meet and uh, are like, "Hey, you know who's becoming a bit of a problem? This Professor X guy. Let's let's crush him back when he was born, before he's when he's a baby or whatever." And um, and they discuss that the Council of Kings even at the end of Loki. Um, so I think much like say Independence Day, where they figure out how to defeat the, the alien ship. And they coordinate an attack from every major city in the world at the same time. I think America Chavez could help them coordinate an attack in multiple universes at the same time. Where in one universe they have the X Men, and in another universe they have the Fantastic Four, and in our universe we have the Avengers. Um, but then I think how do you that get would them be all together. Well, you wouldn't. Uh, they would on a multiversal level. They they coordinate attacks together. And attack multiple kings at the same time and take them down. And then, of course, you know, one line of dialogue. Oh, I'm going to cast this spell to allow you to go into other universes without creating an, incur- an incursion for the sake of this movie. <laughs> They'll have something like that where they can they can meet up. But what could be interesting is then, you know, when you have your X-Men movies, they don't cross over with, with Avengers. And they don't have to. And they don't have to explain why they weren't there for... Infinity War that happened in our universe because something different happened in theirs. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and let you see what I mean. That because I want <laughs> those worlds to I want those worlds to cross over. I want Spider-Man to be with Wolverine. I want Hulk to be with you know I don't know like so you wouldn't have yeah so Ghost Rider I guess I, I don't know I don't like that at all. I like just because of all there's a bunch of different storylines they're gonna start to get into it. Well, and it seems like they're leading up to Secret Wars now, which is well, um what they could do though mm-hmm. don't forget they they could still do that they could just have their own world's version of so and so like and what would be interesting oh, is yeah. they could they could die and it wouldn't affect the avengers world right like so like instead of captain america they have captain carter or they could have their monica rambo captain marvel you know um, work with or their hulk you know who could be the red hulk yeah who works with uh you know uh, uh so and so and uh, is in the X-Men world. And so they could still cross those characters over. And you could take dead characters and bring them back. Like you could do all kinds of creative, interesting things. Because the part that's frustrating about Marvel, and everybody's always said it is, nobody can die. Yeah, <laughs> It's frustrating because nobody ever can ever die. Well, in this case, there would be an interesting way where you could have different people interact all the time with different characters. And 
anybody could die at any point because who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I trust Marvel. They know what they're doing, so I'm going to roll with it. But, yeah, this one kind of opened up a lot. One of the things was we saw the Illuminati, and uh, that consisted of, like you said, the Monica Rambeau, Captain, uh, Captain Marvel, the Captain Carter instead of Captain America. We got to see John Krasinski as... Mr. Fantastic, smartest man in the world. I loved, yeah. I loved how they made him kind of arrogant. They made him kind of arrogant. Like, you can't do anything. We've got this. We'll take care. And then they all promptly die. Uh, because that's kind of how Reed Richards was. He was very arrogant. And he talked about his kids. Um, one of which ends up becoming the strongest mutant ever and uh, destroys the world. So that's interesting. And then I'm trying to think who else. They have Professor Xavier. Uh, Anson Mount returned as Black Bolt. Now, I never saw the show. On, I think it was CW. I heard it was apps, or was it on um, ABC, the Agents of Shield? ABC. I, was, I stopped watching Agents ABC. of Shield after like season three or four because it just it was too long, and it just never really went. It felt like it was never going anywhere. They they really messed yeah. that one up. But yeah, Black Bolt. Yes. They brought they, him back. Well, I thought they did a good job with him, especially the way they killed him was cool. Um, and then who else? Who else am I missing from the Illuminati? Mordo, of course. It was Baron Mordo, yeah. yeah, who was who was part of it, and then, ooh, there was somebody else, wasn't there? I think that oh, was Professor it. X. Yeah, yeah, I think that was Professor it. Professor X, that was it. Yeah, but Professor X. Oh uh, man, it. I loved watching. I tell you, what, I love. I thought there was a really cool scene where Wanda is just like, and if you haven't seen the movie, please stop listening to this now or fast forward because we're gonna spoil some stuff where she just dismantles all of them. She just takes them all apart. And then Dr. Strange has to like free himself without his powers and then fight Mordo and then find this mm-hmm. universe's Christine Palmer and America Chavez and like get out of there. And I, I really like that scene. And you and I kind of talked about this before is that neither one of us are Sam Raimi fans. There are people that love Sam Raimi and yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> it, it's too, it, it's too, it, it, his specialty is over the top kind of silly horror and yeah that's kind of, and he, he he makes it too stylized like people, everything he does is campy he thinks yes. campy is cool yes. and campy is awful I agree. there's a reason it's called campy it's stupid yeah it's, uh, stupid. <laughs> it's stupid i'm sorry every everything campy is stupid everything I can't think they of any examples off the top of my head. So I'll, Van Helsing tried to be campy mm-hmm. uh, with Hugh Jackman. You remember that? Oh yeah, you and that was god awful. Yeah, I mean those anytime uh, Spider Man one and two and three the yeah, same three, three was god three was one of the worst yeah super one was okay, but there were parts of it that were pretty bad too. Yeah, uh, but two and three were just just oh just cinematic atrocities. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, and then so the I, Wizard of Oz movie he did with. Um, uh, James Franco and those like that was oh my god that was so campy. It's just it's just not a thing. Yeah. And and uh, there were parts of this movie I got to admit I didn't love. Yeah, uh, I agree. And and they they very much had Sam Raimi's calling cards on the parts that I didn't love. Um, so the the story felt like it was set up very well. I mean, I, I love the story and the the emotional story arc of Stephen Strange. Yeah. Uh, they they were able to wrap up a lot about his life leading up to this moment to set up a totally new Stephen Strange going forward. Yeah. <clears throat> Which was, you know, he had this, you know, compulsive need to always fix everything and, and to fix it himself. Yeah. Which he, he explains is, is his sister dying in front of him when he, when he was young. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and also his it, it explained uh, they used that same story to explain his uh, his reluctance to have any form of attachment full time to be, which is why he wouldn't say I love you to uh, to Christine. Rachel McAdams' yeah. character to Christine. Yeah, in in this universe, that's that's what caused him from not being able to do that from the attachment and. And he was able to work through that through this movie where now going forward, that won't be an issue. And then, you know, post credit scene, here comes the person we all know will one day be his future wife. Yeah. Um, so they, they did a really good job of all of that. They did a good job of Wanda and making her um, powers were she was not overpowered. She's perfectly powered. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> they, made, they made her horrifying. Um, they made the comitage, comitage, comitage. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 fight was a blast. That was cool. Um, and that man, I will say he nailed a lot of the horror. Yeah, like he nailed the horror. Her like Agreed. coming through the mirrors and like ripping people apart, even coming out like something from the ring, coming out of the mirror and like a disheveled, like broken bone mess, and then like reassembling herself. Well, she got into oh man, and the creepy. reflections in the water, from what I've been told, because I, I I have not I, mm-hmm. I think I saw Army of Darkness a long time ago, and I just I guess I didn't care for it, but a lot of people did. But like the reflections mm-hmm. in the water was very Army of Darkness, from what I've been told. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of having that. Bruce yeah, Campbell demons. in it, but I like I love Bruce Campbell. I, you can always I'm fine. Stuff. Yeah, I'm fine with Bruce Campbell, but uh, the the demons looked exactly like something ripped straight out of Sam Raimi, yeah. uh, Sam Raimi movie. And you know what, I was okay even with that. I could I could stomach it i didn't love it but i stomached it yeah um because it it is a movie the kids have to be able to see they can't make something some things just can't be too horrifying and i think they did a really good job of making it as scary as they could without crossing a line yeah you know what i mean where, where kids couldn't have been there and and uh yeah that that over over and like i mean there were gory scenes where she killed that whole uh you know their version of the avengers and the other multiverse and she she cut uh, Captain Carter in half with their own shield. Yes, that <laughs> like was did, awesome. There was a, yeah, that was awesome. But they did it without showing it either. Yeah, they like, made it you know a, what I mean? a horror they, movie that was still accessible for for kids. Yeah, I, I will say though, our, our the whole theater cringed and went oh, just audibly when uh, when they pop. Uh, the Shuma Gorath's eye out of its socket. At the oh beginning. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you hear this. Yeah, <laughs> and like, oh, gross! <laughs> that was awesome, though. That that Shuma Gorath is a character that everybody, for whatever reason, has always wanted to see in a Doctor Strange uh, movie, mm-hmm. uh, and they gave it to you at the at the opening scene. So that was great. And I think mo- more people probably just know him from the video games than know him from the comic books. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I didn't thought know it was him funny that we got that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that, yeah, just, that was great. Yeah. Um... Yeah, another thing is that this was written by Michael Waldron. And uh, if you know anything about him... Love that guy. Yeah, started off as a producer for Rick and Morty. Um, then wrote the... Created the Loki show, like wrote all that. And then also wrote Heels, which is amazing if you were listening to our show. Wrote this, and Love then his Heels. next thing is a Star Wars Kevin Feige project. Good good lord. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing things right, man. You're doing yeah. things right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's as good as you can do them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, man, I, I thoroughly love that. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, the, the story elements were great, mm-hmm. you know, wrapping up, uh, uh, you know, these characters and, and, and giving, uh, Christine kind of some closure as well, even though it's in a different universe as Christine, that, that closure was great. Um, I loved, the we'll say closure for the Scarlet Witch and Wanda. 
Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I love that part with Wanda just looking at Scarlet Witch saying, like, as Scarlet Witch realizes, like, she can never have those kids because they see her as, oh, my God, this, like, hideous witch. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, we're watching uh, Wizard of Oz at the time. <laughs> uh, if you noticed on the TV, yeah, uh, like, oh my god, it's the witch. Notice. Uh, she says to her, you know, just just know that they'll be loved, yeah. <laughs> like Wanda says it to her, and you're like, oh, that's touching. <laughs> well, like, you know, you're not gonna be able to have them, but they, yeah, will be loved. well, it's interesting because, ba- like, the dark hold, um, it's it basically what you it basically takes what you want and makes it like the only mm. thing that you're focused on to like a terrible extent. Like, Wanda just wanted her kids, and the dark hold corrupted her so much that she'd do anything for her kids and just took out all reason. Um, mm-hmm. The the collapsing universe Doctor Strange wanted Christine back so bad that he destroyed everything just to get her and was going to kill the, uh, the original, we'll say OG Strange, because he saw Christine, he knew Christine was outside and wanted her. Um, and then there's one other, who else had the Darkhold? I feel like there was someone else that had the Darkhold at some point and it corrupted them. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, Agnes had started corrupting. That's and, right. Uh, and, uh, I mean, they even went all the way back to the Dark Hold was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they did uh, mention it being canon uh, yeah. for, for the purposes of the Dark Hold. It, it does the same thing to those people, too. It turns them to a dark, twisted reality. And, and, and Scarlet Witch, of course, uh, the biggest, uh, who becomes totally irrationally obsessed with, with getting her kids. And, man, I, I, I don't think I realized how dark that final scene, post-credit scene of WandaVision was until I saw, you know, your, your reveal of, of Wanda when Dr. Strange goes to her and he's walking through that field and, and uh, she says something like, uh, oh, you want me to go see America Chavez? And you're like, oh. <laughs> and he goes, I haven't told you her name, have I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, something's going wrong here. And uh, yeah, it's so. And then she un- reveals like the whole world around her is totally corrupted and, and dead. Uh, that God, that was just that was fantastic. Yeah. That whole just eerie scene of, oh, my God, she's she's truly the big bad. I mean, they told you she was the big bad at the end of WandaVision. I mean, she was bad. Yeah. <laughs> she she did bad things. She, yeah, she ended she up fighting. Kidnapped her. Some... She basically took over a whole town's body and used them as puppets. And, and Agatha warned you <laughs> or warned her like the Scarlet Witch is evil. Like you're 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 going to awaken her inside you. Yeah. And of course she does. And then, uh, yeah, just turns flat out evil. She goes up. And I want to throw out one more thing, though, real fast. Um, Agatha is now free uh, because the Scarlet Witch was killed. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and they're planning on doing so, more stuff with her, too, aren't they? Oh, Agatha House of Harkness is a Disney Plus series in the works. Oh, that's awesome. It is awesome. And so uh, we're going to have some Agatha. That's and cool. uh, yeah, she's free now. So it'll be fun to see what happens with her and and the dark hold and all that kind of stuff. But uh, um, we can't ignore the fact that uh, Wong got jacked. Anybody else notice this? Wong, Wong got, jacked. got jacked. He got jacked. Oh dude. yeah. He got big. Yeah. Yeah. He got jacked. Yeah. Like, Good for you. Wong. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and there was also zombies. Dr. Strange took over his dead body kinda. and then, kinda. yeah. Uh, and then used the dark souls as wings. Yeah. It was uh, huge misdirect. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm all right with it. I thought it was kind of a cool scene. It's just... Oh, honestly, I prefer misdirects in the trailers to what really happens. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, they did. They, they made you believe all of What If was coming into this. Yeah. And uh, I'm here for that. So yeah. <laughs> I like being tricked. And, and 
you know, uh, I mean, because you saw Captain Carter's leg and they, they were teasing you with, oh, you're going you're, you're gonna to see some what if. There's some Marvel zombies. There's Scarlet Witch zombie. There's Doctor Strange zombie. But really, really, it was not. It was yeah. just there. Yeah. Um, so, no, it was great. So, overall, I gave this an eight. Um, I thought the story was good. There were parts where Sam Raimi kind of elevated it. But there was a lot of times where he it felt like he put his fingerprints over it too much. Like there's a lot of like Dutch angles and just like just kind of tropes that Sam Raimi puts in everything where it kind of took me out of the movie and reminded me, all right, yes, we get it. It's Sam Raimi. And I just kind of I don't know. Yeah, he did the directorial version of like uh, when like kids are at a table and they've got like a cookie each handed out to them and then one of them just like licks theirs really big just to make sure you know it's theirs yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to lick it man yeah this is your movie you're directing it you did a great job oh yeah <laughs> okay now you're gonna do your little your little nerdy demons oh okay oh now now what's his name is just gonna punch himself for three weeks oh that's such a nerdy thing that uh, sam raimi would have put in yeah it's like, too, it can't be it was too campy it's it can't be an over the top yeah it's just such a him thing to do but um, um but yeah, I agree with you that there there were parts of it that were really great. And, but I wonder how much of that. I mean, keep in mind what's his name, uh, Scott Erickson or Derrickson? Uh He was scheduled to direct this movie all the way up until like they started production already. Oh really? And before before he walked away, yeah, and they ca- and they got Sam Raimi to come in and do it after all. So Michael Waldron had already written it, and Sam and Scott Derrickson had already storyboarded the dang thing. Um, so I don't know that Sam Raimi did it, did that much to it other than force his, <laughs> his will upon the movie. No, and, I think he did. Yeah. It. I don't know that like the overall story, he might have done much because the story was actually really good. It was the campiness. It had a very campy feel to it. But so what, that's what I'm so saying. What, you, like, what, what I, score do you give it? I'll give it an 8.3 uh, and that's okay. all for story he yeah. only lost points because of Sam Raimi yeah so IMDB gave it a 7.5 which is actually an 8.5 for IMDB critics oh, gave, okay critics gave it a 75% audience gave it 87% which is shocking I uh, there's people that love Sam Raimi I yeah I don't get it different strokes for different folks but um, mm-hmm. that was surprising to me uh, let us move on to winning time so we got the finale on Sunday and um, I believe we got the finale, right? That was the last episode? Or do we have one more? It was. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. and But what I took from this is Adam McKay, the bullet points are probably true, but the characters are very exaggerated to get there. Like, there's a lot of part of the story. Like, this, this ain't a documentary. You can't take everything for gospel. Like, some of the main mm-hmm. parts... The parts where he turns the camera and says, this actually happened, I believe that. The rest of it's kind of up in the air. Like, I know some of this, like, I know a good chunk of this story, I think. Like, I know, I knew the story about uh, Pat Riley, and um, I knew a little bit about Paul Westhead, and, like, Magic and Bird, and, uh, like, a lot of the players. But some of the stuff, like, there's a lot of the people that were in it, like, hey, that wasn't me. Of course, granted, this was, what, 50 years ago? So... 50 40 years ago so a lot of things have changed you know hindsight might have changed people's view on things um but i don't know it was a good story but i wouldn't say hey i learned all this stuff from this movie like you had there's a large rain of salt you have to take to it yeah that that sounds right (laughs) uh yeah i I still haven't watched it all but but i will 
You haven't finished but, it? But uh, everything, he, everything he does... No, I'm on, like, episode three still. What? Uh, yeah, it just hadn't gripped me that much. Uh, well, I'm going to watch it. You were incorrect. But, yeah, it's... I know everything he does is exaggerated, so I guess that's part of it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I I enjoyed it. This is one of our, like, whenever we sit down, it's like, oh, do we have, like, there's like, do we have an episode of Winning Time? Do we have an episode of Halo? You know, do we have episodes of Barry? Stuff like that. So this was definitely, like, for, like, our show rotation, this one was at t- towards the top. Like, this one was definitely one of the first ones we go to. But, nice. all right, yeah, you, yeah I, man, I'm surprised you didn't like it, but you don't like basketball. I don't. Uh, just, but I don't I'll, understand I'll... that. You like baseball, just... which is the slowest sport in the world, but you don't like basketball. I love going to baseball games. I, I like watching baseball when it's playoff time. Yeah. But uh, but not during the season. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I would recommend it. Next is Barry. So we got episode three that just came out uh, for season three. And this is definitely a much darker season than it's been in the in the past maybe it's because they had quarantine to sit and rewrite and go over stuff and everyone was in a bad place during quarantine but it's definitely much darker um barry is off his rocker like he has no purpose in life so he's kind of losing his mind you're caught up on this one right on barry i am okay so he uh, or um uh kusuno knows that barry killed the love of his life and to pay him back, Barry's trying to get him jobs. And it's turning out that Kusuno is like one of the, he was a terrible person to everybody on his way up. And so now no one wants anything to do with him. Um, I don't understand why his acting school got canceled. I never understood that. Did they yeah, explain that? that? Was, uh, uh, well, I mean, he, he stopped. He, he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. Oh, is that why? He just didn't want anything to do with it? Yeah, yeah, he, he quit. Oh, okay, that was it. Okay. When, when when his girlfriend was killed, he he, he just uh, became a recluse. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, he gets so Barry gets Kusuno a job, and you can, Kusuno just wants nothing to do with him. Barry's trying so hard to make this happen, and eventually at the end, he just says, "I want nothing to do with you," and he punches him while they're supposed to be filming a scene and storms out. And so I'm guessing we'll see the fallout from that. I'm guessing that people think it's such good acting, they want to bring him back with Barry, and they want those two to act together. That's what I'm guessing happens. That's exactly what's going to happen. Is that they, they just resurrected Henry Winkler's career. Yeah. <laughs> or Kusino's career. Kusino's. Yeah, because, yeah, absolutely. That, that was an amazing scene, and now they're going to come back, and instead of having a five-word a five word line that they kept saying that they were giving him pity and they were throwing him a line, um, now he's, now he's going to have a part. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're going to resurrect, and that's the only way he's going to be able to make up at all with Barry. But I agree with you. So it's it's interesting. It's a very dark season where Barry has unequivocally be- become the villain. Yeah, he's so. he's a villain. Yeah. He, he was he was very redeemable every season. In fact, that was kind of the fun part of it is you're watching this killer. I mean, he was a yeah. killer from the beginning, from yeah. episode one. He's a murderer, but you understand. You know what I mean? Like he's he's being given purpose by, uh, uh what, what's his what's Stephen Root's character? Fuchs. Fuchs. Yeah, he's been giving given purpose by Fuchs after, you know, his horrible time overseas and his and his uh, issues he's got with PTSD. 
so he so he's killing people with his purpose. But but again, he's being manipulated, and so he's totally redeemable. Now he's like out on his own, just murdering like crazy. He even murders his clients <laughs> at the opening scene of the season. Oh where, yeah. Where where you remember where he his clients uh, hired hired him to kill the guy that slept with his wife, and then and then at the end. Uh, as he's about to kill him, he's like, you know what? Don't kill him. I forgive him. He goes, you can't forgive him. And he just shoots them both. <laughs> and just mumbling, walking off. Like, you can't just forgive this guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Which kind of sets a tone for this season. Like, can you forgive this guy? Like, is there any forgiving Barry? And uh, and so, yeah, this this season has been interesting. No, He, he kind of went to Noho Hank and, and said the same yeah. thing. Like, he begged him to be Fuchs. He's like, give me purpose. I need purpose. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't care what that purpose is. Well, and he and, burned uh, Hank too. He was a villain to Hank. He killed all his people. He killed all the Crystal all Balls bodies. people. Killed all his bodies. Yeah. <laughs> all of the Crystal Balls. Well, you have some bodies. bodies. Yeah, I have no bodies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Noho Hank is, he's basically trying to rebuild with like a handful of his guys. And the guy that mm-hmm. I just referred to as King of Suckballs Mountain, just because that guy had lived that line. <laughs> and I love that. They just find these people that like, they're just funny. They're like, okay, well now you're a series, you're a series regular, and so they just add him as one of like his main henchmen. So yeah, and I, I read an interesting blurb that because uh, uh, you know uh, he does his own writing, um, and does? so he's, he's Barry. Uh, Barry, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's he called Barry? Uh, Barry does his own writing, and he had written this scene where at the end of the most recent episode, uh, Noho Hank actually comes out to his crew. Uh, as being gay, yeah. you know, in Crystal Ball, and and they're and expecting this huge like finale scene of like them losing it, and instead they go, oh yeah, we know, like we're all aware, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah, we've all known a long time, yeah, we're we're very aware, and uh, uh, the um, uh, several people on the on the crew just kind of said, you know, the writing crew and everything said, you know what, I don't think this is how this would play out <laughs> yeah. with what you've displayed from the crew so far. And he's like, you know what? You're right. You're right. And he went back and changed the whole scene. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they wrote season three and four at the same time. So they're writing three. They're already about to start shooting four. Um, and and anyway, so they're they're. Uh, I think there's a there's an arc that this season is going to be him totally falling into the weeds of being the villain, and then realizing of bill uh, there's a, a bill prop- hater of barry being the villain bill hater okay. yeah yeah becoming the total villain and then possibly for is the th- their path to redemption for him okay. um because i get that's the only reason i can think of why they really wanted to write these two seasons together at the same time yeah you know Maybe. it makes sense but um, uh fuchs is even yeah so uh, he, he's yeah, so he's out in, in chechnya or whatever they got him on he's on the heaven. run uh do what Heaven. He calls heaven. it heaven. Yeah, heaven. Yeah, it's beautiful. He's got the goats. He's like, I, apparently I'm a goat whisperer. And Hank and the Chechens were basically like, all right, we'll keep him there. And then if things go bad, we'll use, we'll, he's a patsy. We'll use him and we'll just throw everything on him and then we can get out of this. And so that's yeah. the plan to for the Bolivians is to use Fuchs as the patsy because the Bolivians are trying to kill the Chechens. And Noho Hank and Cristobal are both trying to like, keep their crews that you know no one knows that they're together and so they're trying to keep their crews apart and so they're wanting to bring fuchs back fuchs is like no nah, i love it here it's great i don't want to ever come home and uh then he happens to call barry because he hears barry's like in a bad place and he's like no i'm doing great i just got a roll and fuchs can't let that lie 
Like he can't he can't be happy unless Barry is miserable. So now clearly at the end, you know, he's talking to his girlfriend. He's coming back. Fuchs is going to make his way back. And that's kind of where it leaves off with that. But yeah, it, I, all well, these well, worlds he, are about to collide pretty soon. And it's not that he wants him to be miserable. He wants Barry to be grateful for what he did for him. Yeah. And, and so he loses it when like, he's he also delusional to... about what he did for Barry. He's like, I gave that guy everything. Yeah, yeah, well, he was yeah. taking money from him and he was using him the whole time. And a lot of things he's like, yeah, I did this. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you never did any of that. Yeah. And, and I mean, like he, he apologized to Barry. He's like, anything you want to say to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's livid that he doesn't, you know, yeah. Respect what he, what he quote unquote did for him. And yeah, no, you're right. He is delusional. So yeah, this, this, this has been interesting, and then the the way it's playing out with his girlfriend's character, who's now made it big, and is dealing with the ramifications of stardom, and then and then everyone else also thinking that her boyfriend is actually abusing her. Yeah. <laughs> in real life, Barry, yeah. which he kind of did in front uh, of them. I, I don't blame him. Yeah, he lost. That. Yeah, he lost his mind on her, and she and she went right back into that, um into that abusive relationship role where she's allowing it. And she was like trying to, she felt like she did something wrong was trying to make him happy, which is interesting. Cause I think, I feel like it's maybe we talked about this because she never had that catharsis on stage and she switched things at the end. She never got to go through with what she needed to. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. One more fun fact before we move on. Uh, the Ben Mendelsohn scene actually happened to him. Oh what? <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. He was being asked in a, in one of those press junkets. They just come in there and they fire off their questions, get, get the answer, and they move on. Yeah, because the actors don't want to have to do thirty hour long interviews. Yeah, uh, and somebody walked in and said, "Like, what's the most devastating thing that ever happened to you that you used to to bring out this, you know, uh, this this crying, this true crying, and all this stuff in your scenes?" And he's like, "And I give like I'm like one sentence into my like." deep you know explanation of the worst thing that's ever happened to me and they go and by the way what do you think of tom holland as spider-man oh. <laughs> wow. he's like what <laughs> that's pretty so, funny yeah ben mendelson ben mendelson to be the next spider-man that's funny <laughs> all right let us move on um so there's a new show that we are there's four episodes out i've seen three so far i've loved every minute of it it's called the, three the offer all right we're on the same page then so it's basically the story of Oscar-winning producer Albert Ruddy um, and how he got The Godfather made. And it kind of it, it, it follows a few stories. So it talks about Miles Teller, who's an amazing actor, as Ruddy. The cast is stupid good. Uh, Matthew Good it as really Robert. Is. Just kills it as Robert Evans. Juno Temple is becoming one of my favorites. After Ted Lasso and this, two completely different characters, but so fantastic. Dan Fogler I've been a fan of for a while as Francis uh-huh. Ford Coppola. Giovanni Ribisi has been really good as Joe, uh, Joe Colombo. I feel he's like the, he's the actual Godfather. Yeah, yeah, he's the actual. Yeah, that was a, there was a Colombo and Bonanno family, and all this was going on during that time. And Giovanni Ribisi, I feel like I never really know what I'm going to get from him. Like he's either brilliant or like, like what are you I doing? I love the man? guy. Huh? Yeah, I love the guy ninety percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like love him. Burn yeah. Gorman, uh, also in Halo, he's doing a lot right now. Colin Hanks is a little bit. I like Colin Hanks, and. Um, yeah, he's doing a great job as a bad person. Colin Hanks, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him as a villain. I think, um, mm-hmm. but basically, it's all these hoops that they had to go through to get this movie made. First, Mario Puzo writes the writes the novel, and all the Italians hate it because it you know it makes them look like a bunch of gangsters. 
And so they had, they're changing it to where it, more, it looks more like a family because Francis Ford Coppola and Puzo are working on it together. And Robert Evans is under fire. He's got to get these movies done and made and make money because he's under pressure to get – he might get fired from Paramount. And Albert Ruddy is basically like his uh, – his oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like senpai just because I've watched Tokyo Vice. So I want to call it senpai, but like his protege. And he's kind of bringing him up. Juno Temple is his assistant who's amazing in her own way. And it's just all the things that keep happening. And they've – they, I tell you what, the costumes and like they built this beautiful world, but where it feels like you are in the seventies. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, and uh, part of it is Adam Arkin is easily one of my favorite directors now. Is like he every single, these? yes, he's he directed four of them so far. He's so dang good, man. Yeah, uh, from the Get Shorties, even Santa Clarita Diet, which I know you don't love. Uh, but Secession, Sneaky Pete. Oh, that's where Jenny Brown and Brubisi probably came in. Uh, Billions, Lama. It doesn't matter. Fargo. So much. So many great Jason, things. Justified. Yeah, everything that was on FX for a while, he was directing. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, he owned FX. Pig, uh, Pig yeah. which was big. Yeah, he's done so many great things. And, and uh, uh, I really like the woman who's playing Ruddy's wife, uh, Francois Yeah. Fraser. She's been so good. I think she's been my, one of my favorite parts. Yeah, um, find her and right yeah, and uh, she's played by uh, Nora Arnez Arnezeter. Okay, <laughs> but she's been yeah, she's been fantastic. Yeah, the whole cast has been great, but the story has been woven through so great on the politics of the production studios to how these things got greenlit to the books sales and the, the anger of the Italian community at the time and the, the actual mafia that was angry with it and the things he's doing to get favors and and use those favors towards other things that he's trying to do and mimicking basically all the things that actually happened in the godfather yeah it's it's been fantastic it's been artful it's been fantastic i also want to give a shout out to anthony ippolito who plays al pacino in it and he has done a oh fantastic- god I, i've never seen this kid before but he has been unbelievable in this he was he's been al pacino Yes, yeah. <laughs> he really, he's, I've never seen anybody, like, I... Early days, Al Pacino, hard. when he was soft-spoken, not the hoo like, after he made, after he made Sin of a Woman, that he just, like, completely changed his personality. He was like, oh, <laughs> I'm just gonna stick, I'm just gonna roll with this. He's so method. So, yeah. Well, because everybody's, like, the, the parts that, he does all these amazing nuanced performances, but the only parts people remember and, and repeat over and over are when his character finally boils over and has this explosive monologue that's what people love and he's like all right that's what you want that's what that's what i'll do yeah. <laughs> all the time i'll be that guy uh and you shouldn't have but no i mean if you if you told me that they you know filmed this in the 70s uh when Pacino was young i'd have believed you like yeah. it's, it's that good yeah it's that good um yeah this has been this is becoming quickly one of my very very favorite shows like i can't get enough of it um next is the staircase have you and you started this i guess I did. I've seen the first two already, and mm-hmm. my God, it's fantastic. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just HBO Max doing HBO Max things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a limited series, so there won't be a, a second season. Um, but, my, I mean, Jesus, it's Parker Posey, Michael Stuhlberg, who we were just talking about, uh, Sophie Turner, Tony Collette, Colin Firth, Dale DeHaan, <laughs> Rosemary DeWitt. It's just everyone in this has been fantastic. And as as usual with these things, it's it's some of the people you've never heard of that are actually stealing it, <laughs> despite all these amazing actors. So, 
it's it's based on the real life uh, murder or question mark of uh, Michael Peterson and his wife, the famous crime novelist uh, of his wife Kathleen, who fall down the, falls down the stairs. Uh, he calls the police, and they said, you know, we think she was murdered. And he's like, what? She fell on the stairs. And he's, she's like, they're like, she has seven lacerations <laughs> on her head. Like, that just doesn't seem consistent with the staircase fall. Um, so anyway, it became like the biggest true crime junkie documentary in a long time. It was one of the biggest ever. And yeah. it, it actually not only follows the case, but it follows the filming of the documentary. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, and the, the documentarians. Yeah. And, and how they and even show, going back to showing them looking at all these murders that were happening in the United States because they wanted to create a documentary that showed the failings of the U.S. justice system. And so it was almost, is it Casey Anthony? Is that the yeah, one that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, they almost went with her. And Anyway, it's been very interesting, and the, the performances are fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend uh, watching the show. It's been fantastic. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I will. I will try and add. Yeah, because I think there's what, there's only six episodes, right? Yeah, it's gonna be or eight. There's it's, it's eight, but it's a one and done series. Okay. And the first two so far were phenomenal. Okay, fair enough. Um, next one on the list is Ozark. So I have not started the last grouping of the final episodes. I've seen oh, the first half, no. but I've not watched the last. Okay. Half. So oh, when, I want to talk about things. Yeah, I know. This. I'll have to add it. It's just it's. I tell you, it's hard. To watch stuff without the girlfriend, just because like we we do our yeah. like day stuff, like we do all our day stuff, and then like I'll go to the gym or something like that, come back, cook dinner, and then we just sit and we watch TV until we go to bed. And so if she, <laughs> she hasn't seen any, which is great, I that's a I enjoy that life very much. And uh, yeah. but yeah, if she hasn't seen the stuff, so like. Uh, that's your fault for working out i mean yeah yeah Yeah. well it's summer now it's summer (laughs) and it's beautiful outside and so it's it's hard not to be outside but um all right then we might have to push this one just because i'll I'll try and catch up that's on me there's some big things to talk about i'm sure it's the last episodes of ozark (laughs) ozark's been a phenomenal show it's been a 10 so Yeah. yeah um well one that we've both seen is tokyo vice they just uh, wrapped up the finale, only eight episodes for season one, and um, it was good. The end, it ends on like five different gigantic cliffhangers, so you're, you're <laughs> going to get no resolution whatsoever on this thing. Um, but it's been it's been really good. Like it starts off slow. The first, like you mm-hmm. got to give it three episodes, and by the third episode. You're, I, I feel like you're pretty much in it after that point. Um, mm. I told some friends of mine on it and they about it, and they knocked it out in like a weekend, um, which is not <laughs> easy because this is this is a hard show to kind of. I feel like you can do two of these and you're like, all right, I got to give my brain a break because there's there's a lot going on and there's a lot of subtitles, so you're just your brain's constantly working and you're just staring yeah. at the screen constantly, like just doing operations in your brain. So. Uh, but this is, I mean, when it comes back, I'll, I'll be incredibly excited. Ansel Elgort is a really good actor. He's doing great. He's a really good actor. Ken Watanabe has been one of our favorites for a long time. Rinko Kikuchi has been one of our, like, we loved her since she was bang, bang. Rachel Keller is a really good actor. I 
hate her character. Her character is an well, awful, yeah. awful person. And, and that shows how great an actor she is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 totally, totally right. I mean, you nailed it. Yeah, she, uh, every, every, my, my favorite so far is Sato. I, I think he's one yeah. of the best actors Sho in the show. Kasamatsu is his name. Yeah, he's, man, he's just killed it. I mean, I thought I was going to go in just, uh, I love Rinko uh, Kikuchi. Who plays Bang Bang from uh, The Brothers Bloom? I uh, was very excited about her being in, it. and she has been fantastic. But my God, uh, uh, Rachel Keller's kind of stolen it. Paulina, the Paulina has been really good too, though. Yeah, she has. Uh, been. Well, she yeah. was great. Yeah. So th- there's all kinds of great actors. I don't need to go into everybody. They're, across the board, all I mean, the the casting of the entire series has been just fantastic. And uh, I agree with you though. Like there were some some things solved. So they give you they they solved some little threads, you know. Uh, some little mysteries here and there, but then just unveiled much bigger ones yeah. <laughs> uh, for for each step. And but yeah, it was a it was a fun cliffhanger for every single one of the characters because yeah. yeah, you're you're and, and and the biggest one is Sato, so it ends yeah. uh, to to spoil it for everybody. It uh, it ends with the big stabbing of Sato. Is he alive or is he dead? Yeah, I, he's got to. Uh, I think he's got to be alive. I, I, I boy, I hope so. He's got to be because because I, I love me some Sato. I, I hate for him to be down dead. It was interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but the uh, the scene right before is a couple people talking. I, I'm trying to remember who all was involved talking, but it was right off the docks, and uh, and they're sitting looking at the city, and the only thing you see is this giant building in front of you that says Sato in red. Oh, and then wow. the next scene he's the next scene he's killed oh wow that's interesting <laughs> I, was I, like, oh, that. I was like i hope i don't see anybody's names that i like i'll uh, more buildings <laughs> uh the only, only other person I, I i want to talk about is uh ayumi tanita who plays tozawa who is the most menacing villain mm-hmm. i've seen in, in a long time and mm-hmm. the only thing about this is so he has like a heart attack or something like he has a very big medical issue and collapses at his birthday party yep and then he basically seems to come back stronger than ever. He's like, oh, no, now I'm I'm going to live forever. Like, it seems like he should be weaker. Like, it seems like he's uh, – I, I don't mm-hmm. – that's what I'm confused about. Like, it's clearly – it shows you at the very beginning of the show, he's got that little mark on his cheek that he covers up with makeup. And then by the end, mm-hmm. it's much bigger and it's spreading. Some kind of um, – some kind of, I don't know, blood disease or something because it seems to be tracking through his veins. But – I don't like. He's like, you thought I was gonna die, but I'm gonna live. For, I, I'm stronger than I ever was. I'm like, ah, you don't seem it, but. Well, he says something about there's, uh, there's, a new a new uh, what's it called uh, a new medicine that they're experimenting with, um, and uh, so he says, yeah, he says something about like, yeah, there, I found an experimental procedure in wherever, and you thought I was gonna die, but I'll I'll live longer than you ever thought I would, or something yeah. like that. Like you're stuck with me uh in this typical threatening way of a relationship <laughs> it's just really weird uh but no it, it it's been great i mean watching his mistress i mean just her life is horrifying yeah <laughs> she's constantly like does does he just want to sleep with me is he gonna kill me when he's done or oh now i've got to leave and walk past his family <laughs> oh i know that seems <laughs> that so tough horrific yeah, yeah. like all the stuff they do it's just it, it just shows these these yakuza members just they're just so brutal and they don't care well they beat the <laughs> hell out of jake they they came they showed up in his apartment mm-hmm. and for i mean in jake's defense he i mean he put up a good fight against two yakuza so that was mm-hmm. i mean impressive on his part but he still got still got his ass whooped but that was um 
Yeah, so we, I mean, they said don't, you, you know, you don't do anything with the Yakuza anymore. And that's kind of, a, I mean, that's what he does. That's his specialty now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to yeah. see where he goes. I gave this a nine just because there's so much open-endedness at the end. Not that it's a bad thing just because I'm intrigued, but I, I need to know how it wraps up. There's so much that needs, to, yeah, like, yeah. I have to have the information for. I can't really give it, like, anything higher, I feel. Well, the part... The Polina tape that you see at the end, yeah, nut nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find out that it's actually a boat where they now hold political power. That's how Tozawa has his power. Yeah. So I would imagine, if anything, that's what the that's what the big report is about. Uh, that the journalistic article is about from Jake. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Because you know, there's something at the beginning, and they're like, "You better not write about this." Yeah. You know, and, and uh, yeah, because that that's where Tozawa's get all their power. So if he can shut that down, they're going to lose a lot of. Uh, leverage they have around the uh, the world so yeah that, uh, i love where it's going and uh what do you yeah, give I can't it? wait for season two what do you oh give i give it, it i give it a 9.3 9.3 yeah fair enough all right the next one we've got is outer range and it just finished so it was an eight episode run uh there is definitely set up for season two so it'll be a continuing series okay um it's you know i'm really this is a very very hard one to grade out okay uh it was very different and i loved it (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, however i can definitely see where a lot of other people may not so it's it's a it's a very slow burn show on purpose it's it's very much filmed like a western so it's it's uh like a modern day western you know and it's uh takes place on land out in like wyoming uh, neighboring families that are kind of fighting over the same land, and um, there's uh, there's just one thing: is there's this giant hole in the ground <laughs> that's appeared out of nowhere, a gi- gigantic hole in the ground with this like mist floating over it, which goes somewhere. <laughs> no, you, you don't know. Uh, yeah, you can throw things in it. Who knows? If you ever see it again. All right. Um, and the cast is fantastic. Uh. It's got Josh Brolin. Uh, Imogen Poots mm-hmm. is fantastic in this. Uh, she's really great in everything, but she's she fantastic in this. Yeah. Lily Taylor, Tom Pelfrey, uh, Bill Pullman's son, Louis uh, Pullman, Noah Reed, who who we liked from uh, Chiss Creek. Creek. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of you know Will Patton. Will Patton. Lots of lots of good people in in this show, but um, it's just a really well done show, and it's the sci fi element is a blast and. It's just, I kind of told you from the beginning after I saw two or three, I was like, you know, it's a slow burn and it's only going to have been worth it if the payoff is good. You know what I mean? Because if it's not, oh God, I just yeah. wasted eight hours of my life. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the payoff. So, and, and it's set up for, you know, a season two. Uh, but I will say it doesn't get fast paced till like the last two episodes. <laughs> so okay. uh, up until then, it's just a very slow burn. And if you can't enjoy that with like slow mystery developing around you, you're going to hate it. <laughs> so uh, it's, yeah, it's very hard to tell people what, to, what, it's, what it is. But I give it, so far I give it an eight. I think it could end up being a nine because, again, it's going to depend how the whole series wraps up. But so far, as far as like sci-fi mystery type of a series, good acting, you know, they've tried it a million times. So far, this one's really working, and it's really good. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I'll have to get to it at some point. I don't know when. Um, Go season two. Okay. All right. Fair enough. 
Um, and then last on the list, but certainly, certainly not least, is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, <laughs> this is where uh, Nick Cage plays Nick Cage. He's so method. Um, and basically, <laughs> so he, he, he's Nicolas Cage. He's not getting a lot of acting things. He's kind of, he, he's at the, his ends rub. He's like, all right, I think I'm going to quit acting. And his agent uh, is telling him, you need money, and there's this guy <laughs> that'll pay you a million dollars to come to his birthday party. He's like, all right. So he shows up. Uh, I think it's off the coast of France or Spain or something. He shows up, and it's uh, Pedro Pascal as uh, Javi. And um, he, they become best friends. Like, they become best friends, but something's up. Like, so when he get so shortly after he, he they become good friends, Tiffany Haddish and, um, oh, what's his name? Ike Barinholtz show up and like, hey, we're CIA and the guy you're with is like a known like drug dealer, mass murderer, all these things. And uh, so he's kind of living this life where he he, he loves you know he loves the guy. It's like his best friends. It's like they're soulmates, but he might be a bad guy. So they're trying to figure things out. And I don't want to give I don't want to give anything away because there's I don't know. It's just it, it's kind of a fun story. It's something I haven't like. I haven't seen this I want before. to see it, yeah. Dude, it is I'm disappointed fun. I haven't seen it yet. It is so much fun and ridiculous and ridiculously fun. And I, I enjoyed it. Sharon Horgan uh, plays his wife, and I, I like her. She's really funny. Um, Neil Patrick Harris oh, plays yeah. his agent. Oh, yeah, she's in that? Yeah, she's in a little... Oh, like, no, everyone's... Yeah, no one's really in it that much other than the lady Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. It's basically just a bromance between those two, and it's so great. It's so great, and after you're done, you're gonna to want to binge some Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> I can I can see that happening. Yeah. Ah, I just love the fact that Sharon Horgan's in it. That's, that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> I, I gave it look. I gave it an eight point five. I just because it's this one's tough because I it, it you know how we always talk about did it did it what what it set out to be did it reach that it it blew it out of the water. It was absolutely that. Like, it's not the it's not the greatest thing in the world. It's just turn your brain off, go watch Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal be amazing, and it was just it was that. I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But okay. yeah, highly recommend that one. Give it a chance if you've got time to go to the movies. Um, that wraps up everything we have for what you're watching. We'll be back later this week with coming attractions and hopefully news and trailers, and then uh, more of what we're watching the week after. Until then, catchphrase. Pretty retort.